Hey, it's Sean Fennessy, one of the hosts of the Prestige TV podcast. HBO's Barry is back for a fourth and final season. And that means I'll be back recapping the show with co-creator and star Bill Hader to dive deep on the themes, scenes, and major moments in the series. Bill will provide insight into how every episode was made and why it's ending. New Prestige TV Barry recaps will go live every Sunday night when the episode ends. So make sure you're subscribed to the Prestige TV podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Hello, Ringer NFL show listeners. Nora Pinciotti here. We've got a very fun episode with Stephen Ruiz coming at you in a minute. We had a bunch of fun talking about the schedule, but there was a little news this afternoon that I wanted to make sure we cover for you guys that happened after we recorded today, which is that the Josh Harris group that also includes Magic Johnson and several other people from the sports and business worlds has reached an agreement to buy, drumroll please, the commanders from Daniel Snyder. It is a $6.05 billion deal that is now signed and exclusive. Uh, those are sort of the operative terms because you'd probably heard that $6.05 billion figure before now, but it was unsigned and non-exclusive. Uh, and that means that the commanders can no longer take other offers while Harris gets the deal approved by the League Finance Committee and ratified by at least 24 of the owners. What you should know is that this is essentially done, but not quite. The Washington Post reported today that the Finance Committee has some concerns about it based on, at least in part, the relatively large number of limited partners who'd be buying in under Harris. He's obviously the the big name and would be the principal, but there's Magic Johnson and there's a bunch of other guys that would be involved. And, you know, the league likes to keep that a tight-knit circle. So I think that's something that they're thinking about. That said, I would just say that there are a lot of people in ownership and around the NFL who stand to benefit pretty immensely from a team selling for over $6 billion. And the Post also reported that Harris would have to pay a breakup fee, though the size in terms of that, um, they didn't know. Uh, but he would have some penalty there if the deal falls through. So it seems safe to assume that this is happening and the parties have a fair bit of confidence that this is going to happen. Couple things that feel worth pointing out that we don't know. Uh, one is if any sort of legal indemnification for Snyder is part of this. We do know that the league has seemed pretty resistant to that, but it's something that he's expressed wanting uh, through the various points of negotiation. The other is what this means for the Mary Jo White report on her investigation into the 
many sexual misconduct allegations within that franchise during Snyder's tenure. Seth Wickersham and Don Van Natta Jr. reported today for ESPN that Snyder and his lawyers have lobbied the NFL to limit the release of that report using the threat of a dragged out sale process as leverage. We'll see. Um, we'll find how we'll find out how much leverage that really gets them when this is all said and done. I would just say that Roger Goodell has said out loud in front of cameras, in front of microphones to many, many people quite a very many times that the report will be made public. Um, and he also appeared in, in front of Congress largely because of the issue of whether the investigations into those issues were being made public. So my two cents is that seems like a tough sell, but we will find out. There's definitely some stuff to iron out here, but it does feel like we can say goodbye to Dan, to the Dan Snyder era. So, you know, as, as Green Day's time of your life plays softly in the background, we will always be able to remember the 424 winning percentage, the suing of the season ticket holders, the time he pushed through a Landover, Maryland safety ordinance, eliminating street crossings on Sundays so that fans couldn't park in cheaper parking lots, the harassment allegations, uh, the allegations of horrible treatment of cheerleaders, of skimming revenue off the top from various events, of charging the team millions of dollars to put its logo on his private jets, the meddling in personnel, RG3's health, Albert Hainsworth, Jim Zorn, hiding on the yacht from a subpoena. I could go on, but you all know that Stephanie got the picture. My point, though, uh, other than the fact that it's just sort of fun to go through that list because it is wild, is that there is a tendency, and I think in a lot of cases it's a well-founded one, to say that all these guys, all these ownership groups have their issues, few owners are perfect, but Dan Snyder for a while has been pretty clearly uh, a top contender for the worst owner in professional sports. So I think I'll just end by saying that we can let this be a good day for the commanders and that you guys came here to, to hear about the schedule release. So we will now get to that and get to Steven. I'm Nora Princiati. I am here with Steven Ruiz. There are exactly 118 days as of this recording until the season opener, Chiefs-Lions. And we know that blessed piece of information because the NFL schedule in all of its glory has been released yeah! over the course of approximately 600,000 hours of uh, broadcasts, dribs and drabs, different venues for uh, the release of just individual games, which I, for one, believe is just the most compelling entertainment product this league is is capable of putting on. Uh, Steven, how do you, are you enjoying schedule season? Is it just like the greatest thing that we could possibly be entertained by and witness? I'm having the time of my life. I went to the co the coffee shop earlier today and everyone was talking about the week six slate. They couldn't believe it. It was the top. You, really, of the, you feel the, the, the buzz, shop. right? It's like everybody <laughs> says the water cooler is dead, but they don't they don't know the schedule release. They don't know what the schedule release does for the people, for communities. They don't. They don't. It just gets people talking. We were joking before we started uh, taping that we should do this like first take style and just make this like an incredibly combative pod, get in screaming matches about like, who's got more games coming off of bye weeks. 405 start. This should have been a 425 start. Okay. The NFL's losing its mind. I will say there are a couple weeks 
where the split between early window and late window is like there's like nine games in the early window and then three in the afternoon. And I just want to like I want heads to roll. I'm mad. I'm big mad. I want to start a fight. <laughs> Wait, you want a big uh, four o'clock slate? Is that what you're advocating for? I want more. Like, yes, it's so annoying when there's just like 800 million games all stacked in one window and it's so hard to pay attention to everything. And then all of a sudden it's just like we could have put more games here. We could have. Yeah. Think of the think of the podcasters. Think, think of, of the, the Sunday podcasters. Night podcasters. As I was saying that, I was like, all right, this is probably just like a, a, a podcaster's qualm. So whatever. They don't have to listen to me. Um, but we're going to talk some schedule release because you know what? We're, we're part of the machine and, and that's how it is. Uh, as Steven and I have consumed all of the schedule content voraciously, we're each going to do like five takeaways and just, just chat it up about some things that we've noticed. So Steven, would you like to kick us off? Yeah, I'm going to start out with a negative one. The Thursday night football slate. (laughs) It stinks. It stinks. It's 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 a bad it's a bad schedule and like we've come we we don't have high expectations for Thursday night football but there was the assumption that it would be better this year because there weren't stipulations where a team had to be in primetime. The yeah. NFL schedule makers w- weren't burdened by having to fit in the the Texans somewhere and make an interesting game. But still this schedule is is bad. Like the only game okay Minnesota uh Philadelphia to, to kick it off. Decent game. Last year we got Kansas City uh Chargers to kick off the third. Well, yeah, but that was like the first part of the deal and they had to... That was like one of the best, the most exciting, the most anticipated games of the entire schedule was that that charge. Yeah, that's a good point. But after this, after that first game, I could see each of these games just not being interesting at all because there's like one good team against one team that could be iffy. Like the next game is Giants 49ers. Are, Are we really that confident in the Giants being compelling enough even by week two we could lose interest and then bears commanders broncos chiefs saints jaguars we get bucks to bills that could even be a bad game by then we baker mayfield's involved the only game that i like on the thursday night schedule like at this point is baltimore cincinnati november 16th week 11 i'm very excited for that game but all the other ones i feel like this is going to be a season where you could take thursdays off dolphins jets that's black friday football Oh, you're right. It's an They're Amazon branding game, it as Black not... Friday football. Wow. Wow. That's BFF. <laughs> okay, but come on. That's still like, if we're talking about the Amazon package, I feel like it still counts. Yeah, it still counts. But the, I mean, the third, the proper Thursday night football, the Thursday night where it's like mid-November and you're you're kind of fatigued from the season, you're, you're oversaturated with football, and then you get Patriots, Steelers. Are you tuning in for that? Little Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett action. I don't know. No, not, I'm not. That's not all. I mean, I'm going to tune game. in. Yeah. Saints, Los Angeles Rams on December 21st. Yeah, that could be bleak. No one's watching that game. That could no be really bleak. Game. All right, I'll give you one sort of off of that, um, which is that I guess we'll just we'll start we'll start negative on both friends. Uh the Rams. I'm worried about the Rams. I was already worried about the Rams, but their schedule uh, includes, they and the 49ers, I think both got totally screwed by this because they are the only two teams to face four opponents coming off of their bye week. There is no other team that will be in that situation more than twice. 
And for the Rams, already just like not going to be a good team, probably. They've got the Steelers in week seven coming off of their bye, the Cowboys in week eight, the Ravens in week 14, and the Commanders in in week 15. Uh, The Cowboys game and the Ravens game are both on the road. For the 49ers, it's it's the Browns coming off their bye in week six, the Bengals in week eight, the Jaguars in week 10, the Cardinals in week 15. Um, Only that Cincinnati game is in San Francisco, but the Jags game, the 49ers are also coming off their bye, so it kind of cancels out. Uh, I'm more confident in San Francisco to, like, that's a, that's, that's tough, particularly for a team that's been so, um, had so many issues with injuries uh, that we're used to seeing them deal with. You don't like the look of that, but like the Rams are this team where it's like, if a few things break wrong, all of a sudden this is absolutely one of the worst teams in the league. And, you know, I don't want to keep dunking on the schedule, but we already know who everybody's playing. The stuff that really matters is like, the travel timing and the cadences of buys and and all of that stuff. And like, nobody got dealt a worse hand, I think, than, than the Rams and this just because of that, that, um, that scheduling. Yeah. And the Jets also got some tough scheduling. The Giants got some tough scheduling. The Jets, I feel like they, they got a raw deal just because they, the, the Aaron Rodgers thing happened so late. And a lot of the schedule, I think, was contingent on that trade happening, whether the Jets were a primetime team or not. So I feel like they kind of got like a short shrift out of the schedule. Uh, but they were like what they were one of my winners. I'll, I'll move on to my next point because I wanted to talk about the content, the uh, the content teams putting out the schedule videos. The oh, Jets yeah. were in my top five. The Jets were in my top five for uh, bringing out the GeoGuessr guy. One of my favorite people on the <laughs> One of the best internet people. You know why he's so good at being an internet person? He why? knows what the people want. The people just want to see him look at a picture real quick and then and then guess where it is on the map. And he always gets it right. The Jets, A-plus schedule release video, F-minus schedule for them. So you can decide if they're winners <laughs> or losers there. But I'll, shout out to the Titans, shout out to the Chargers, the ones that are getting the most, uh, I think they're getting the most credit around the internet. But two very good content teams and they they lived up to their billing the chargers had the most pressure on them they had the anime video last year which was a big hit and they can't came back with the second one which is always risky to, to double up and i think they were it was even better this time around there were a lot of jokes a lot of the aaron Rodgers, uh the jets uh section was very funny a lot of easter eggs in there but a plus to all the content teams mike mcdaniel hitting the vape yes that, that was, was so the best like that was so 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 good that and the um for the Raiders game uh, on the slot machine, they had the exact contract figure for Jimmy Garoppolo, which I thought was right. really solid. And they just continue to kings stay kings in, in that case, I think. At the bottom, at the bottom, very fine print. I like zoomed in on all this. I was trying to find all the jokes. It says, voucher not available for the whole season. It was a Jimmy <laughs> G injury joke. Which That's solid. Maybe, That's incredibly maybe- good. Maybe over the line for an NFL team, but for me, I think that's that's pretty funny. That's and the like, QR I code. Mean, did you did you scan the QR code? No. The, like there was a QR code on the voucher thing. And if you scan it, it takes you to a link to the Chargers website. It says like Chargers fans click here. And that's to buy tickets. And it says Raiders fans click here. And that's a link to like a Google search for how to get a job. <laughs> They're incredible. 
they're just absolutely incredible. I'm so proud of everybody who works in the social media department for that organization. The Chargers, like famously a team that that kind of overpromises and underdelivers, not the social media people. Absolutely just like bringing the heat at all times. Incredible stuff. I also thought the Broncos, they did like an office parody. I thought theirs was good too. Um, great stuff. Great. This is like, I mean, this is the, this is their Super Bowl. If you work in social media for an NFL team, the schedule release is their Super Bowl. And I think everybody brought their A game. For some of these teams, like this is literally their Super Bowl. Like the uh, <laughs> the Titans, it's not getting any better than this. I'm sorry, Titans fans. Uh, speaking of, of teams that it seems like the league doesn't think it's getting all that much better for, I'll give you another one. Uh, it, it's interesting to see because we are now in the situation where um, teams don't have to have a primetime game. So we will not be seeing the Texans, Cardinals, Colts, or Falcons. Um, Colts and Falcons, I find that a little bit surprising uh, just because the Colts could be exciting if Anthony Richardson hits. And then the Falcons offense, I mean, I know Desmond Ritter is not like going to put butts in seats or, or eyeballs on screens necessarily, but the odds that that offense is boring to watch seem incredibly slim to me. So that's a little bit of a a, a surprise to me. The thing that stands out though, I mean, I, it, it's pretty obvious why you wouldn't put a lot of Texans games in primetime, but I just want to know what, the reaction to that is for people on that staff and for Casario, for Tamika Ryans, for ownership, having made some plays that indicate they believe that they are going to be good this year, or at least you would hope that that's the logic behind um, the trade-up on draft night. League doesn't think so. Schedule makers don't think so. Amazon Web Services don't think so. They don't believe in the Texans' plan. (laughs) The, the the schedule makers basically were saying, I can't believe you guys traded up for that number three pick for Literally. Will Anderson. Do you, you, you guys know what you are right now? We're trying to hide you. But like, if I'm another team that hasn't like made those moves, like the Texans are seem to be trying to win something this year. But if I'm like the Bucks or the Rams who don't seem to be trying to win, I would I would be content with not having primetime games. Like if I'm the Bucks and I see that I think they had two primetime games, which is too too many. I would be like, oh, that's good. I don't want any primetime games. I don't want the the nation to see what's going on here. I don't want them to know what we're doing here. So <laughs> it, it could be a positive. It could be a negative. I don't know. But yeah, the Bucks being in two, uh, two primetime games. I mean, I, I don't get the reasoning there. Because even last year when they had Tom Brady, they had a draw. They were still boring to watch on primetime. Like all their primetime games were like hard to watch. Like games played in the teens. And but, but I that, think it's going to be even worse this year. was literally sickening. They were a and it's going to be worse. Watch. I don't like. I'm almost like. I wonder how it could possibly be worse. Like I, I, I get it. The quarterback got worse. That seems like a one to one. The offense is going to be worse. But I'm there's part of me that's just like that's not even possible because it maybe they're going to score just, negative points. It'll be like a spectacular train wreck or something because that would be better. But that was just the most stagnant, like dull exercise I've ever watched on television. That is a good point. But I don't think like I don't think the schedule makers are thinking about like the sickos on Twitter who like love like you remember last year, uh the uh Colts Broncos Thursday night game? One of the most memorable Thursday night games, honestly. <laughs> and it was memorable because it was the one of the worst football games of the year. It was just horrible to watch. Just two quarterbacks who didn't have it anymore, just 
just proving that they don't have it anymore. And I think of any Baker Mayfield versus insert quarterback here might be similar. All the comments on the broadcast just being like, well, this is terrible. <laughs> uh, speaking of teams that might want to hide but are not going to get an opportunity to, uh, Packers in six primetime or standalone games, which is like the opposite of the we're hiding the Texans because they're not going to be good. Uh, if if you want to take the schedule making process as an indication of who the algorithm, the schedule makers, the league is interested in pumping up and thinks might be good or interesting. Um, that's a real vote of confidence in Jordan Love because they have they have the Lions on Thursday Night Football in week four. Also have the Lions on Thanksgiving. Uh, there's a Monday Night Football game in week five against the Raiders. I guess that's sort of like a Devontae Adams reunion revenge game, sort of. Um, and then back-to-back primetime games in weeks 13 and 14 against the Chiefs and the Giants. And then week 17, they've got Sunday night football against the Vikings at home. Um, great franchise that those Green Bay Packers love. Beautiful stadium. Love looking at it. Love the vibes. This team might not be that good. Are we sure this is a good idea? And no, are we sure that the Packers who were like, hey, Jordan Love, how about basically a pay cut? Um, and Jordan Love was like, yeah, sure, fine, cool, let's do it. Are we Makes sure sense. that that energy matches up with six games where no one else is, is um, going to be on TV at the same time? I'm not, I'm not totally sold. We are, we are not sure. Jordan Love better be good. I think J- Jordan Love is one of the people who are are probably a little more nervous after the schedule release. Like he's going to be put on a platform for all of us to dissect his game. It's not fair, but it's going to happen. And that's going to be rough. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a few games flexed out at the end of the year, even if they are a decent team. Like I I can see them being like nine and eight. Yeah. But beyond that, but I think like a boring nine. No, it's, I don't think they're going to be like a train wreck or anything like that. It's just sort of like six is a lot. Yeah. Six, six is a lot. All right, I'm going to ask you for your next one, but let's take a quick break first. Oh, hold up. Smell test. Go ahead. Sniff those pits. Now, your bits. Feet, toes, come on. Could be fresher, right? It's all good. Old Spice Total Body Deodorant Spray is gentle enough to use all over your body, giving you 24-7 lasting freshness with daily use from pits to toes and down below. So every smell test gets a... (sighs) Shop for Old Spice Total Body Deodorant. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. We are back. Steven, let's keep it going. All right, my next one is also based on what I think how the league is perceiving these teams. But I think there's like a fascinating, I don't want to say political battle, but it's like an interesting battle <laughs> between 
you have the Chiefs, and then you have the Bills and the Bengals kind of vying for that number two slot, that the Colts to Tom Brady's Patriots slot. Uh, and it's kind of changed throughout the, the Chiefs' run here. Like, at first it was the Ravens. Now, and then the Bills stepped up, and now it seems like the Bengals are the main the main rivalry for this team. And it's it's kind of interesting how the, the NFL scheduled those games because all three of those teams play each other. It's like a round-robin situation. First, we get Bengals-Bills. Then we get Bills-Chiefs. And then we get Bengals-Chiefs as the last one. So that tells me the, the league is kind of looking at Bengals-Chiefs as like the next rivalry. And maybe they think that Cincinnati has surpassed Buffalo in the AFC hierarchy. Uh, and I say that because you have the Bills-Bengals first. That's kind of like the the elimination game, like who gets to go on to play the Chiefs. And then you have Bills Chiefs second. So it's like, let's get that out of the way. And then the main event is Bills or Bengals Chiefs. Uh, I mean, I've, I still th- I still have the uh, Bills ahead of the Bengals in the hierarchy in the AFC. But it seems like based on like who, who people want to watch, the, the games they want to see, that the NFL believes that Cincinnati has surpassed Buffalo as that, that first threat to Kansas City. I mean, I think that's the right order just because even if, I might have the the Bills a tick over the Bengals. I don't think that Bills-Chiefs rivalry ever reached the same level of, like, animosity. The Burrowhead no, no. thing, right? Like, there is some real beef, I think, between a lot of those players. And it's fun. Like, I, I, would, I would build to that. If I were making the schedule, I would have, have the Bengals be the last one there. Just because I think they hate each other. Like, usually that stuff's fake, but I really do think there's a super, super competitive rivalry. Um, and obviously the Bengals had had beaten them, what, three three games in a row? And then the Chiefs finally were able to get the upper hand last year. So I think building to sort of like the rematch of, of that is really, really interesting. I love watching those two teams play each other. Um, obviously the quarterbacks are such a big part of it, but it's always just like, Lou Anarumo stayed in Cincinnati and that means that there's another opportunity to see what that defense looks like and and how they keep attacking Mahomes. So uh, that's a really, really interesting point. And that sort of season long round Robin is, is such a fun thing to have. Um, but I'm, I'm into it ending with Bengals chiefs. I think so too. I, and I think part of the reason is like you said, there's an actual rivalry rivalry there whereas like the bills chiefs matchup was always built around the two quarterbacks just being like these all powerful guys but they were like the same genre of quarterback whereas even with like burrow is obviously one of the better quarterbacks in the nfl but it's a different style than you see out of mahomes so when these two teams play you get like that narrative like oh which quarterback style is best like i think last year people some people were saying like i think dan orlovsky said uh mahomes is the better player but Burrow's the better quarterback. I don't know what that means, but I think you get those discussions thrown in. And then there, it kind of got escalated this offseason because uh, Brandon, and I'm talking about the Bengals and Bills part of it as they're like vying for that spot. When, uh, when Bean brought up the fact that they couldn't draft a wide receiver because they weren't in positions to draft a Jamar Chase. And then like the, the Bengals kind of fired back. So there's kind of that animosity forming between those two teams. And I think the more they play each other, the more we're going to get out of that. So I could see this becoming not just like, oh, what is the top rivalry in the AFC? I could see this being a round-robin thing for the next couple of years. Yeah, no, that would be really cool. I mean, also, like, every Bengals-Chiefs game gets decided by, like, three points. So as much of that as, as we can have, I'm all for it. Speaking of the Bills, 
Um, real tough schedule for them. Uh, the entire AFC East has a really tough schedule, but theirs in particular, five of their last six games are against 2022 playoff teams, six games in prime time. We always talk about how difficult it is to go to Buffalo late in the year and deal with the weather and blah, 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 blah. Sometimes I think that's overblown, though there, there certainly is something to it, especially when it's really cold, snowy, windy, whatever. Um, but I think if you're Buffalo, that late season stretch is either kind of daunting or if they're really good, it'll be really exciting. It'll be really, really, it'll be a really, really interesting um, stretch to watch them finish the year out. But even like, it feels like from week nine on even because they've got the Bengals in week nine. Um, that's that game that, that you were talking about, Stephen. Then they've got the Broncos. Both of those are primetime games. Um, Jets, Eagles. Then they've got their bye. And then Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots. And then um, in week uh, 18, they, they finish it out with the Dolphins. So, man. That is a tough way to end the year. Um, Dolphins game is on the road. Chargers game is on the road. Chiefs game is on the road. Eagles game is on the road. Bengals game is on the road. So if you're Buffalo, I guess in part, you know, they open with the Jets. Maybe you're hoping that Rodgers hasn't totally gelled with that offense there and, and hope to get a win there. Raiders, Commanders, then it's the first game against the Dolphins. They've got the Jaguars. Um, in London, and then Giants, Patriots, Bucks. Every single one of those early season games that looks even a little bit friendly, there seems it seems like there's very little room for any missteps there because that is a hard way to end end the year. Yeah, that there's no margin for error at the beginning of the season. They can't like come into the season slow. Because they, like you said, that stretch at the end, even if they play well, like you could still see them losing games on the road to the Bengals and on the road to the Chargers and on the road to the Chiefs. That's a tough schedule. And I, I, I do think that's the most important part of this day is like finding out where those tough stretches are, how the schedule lays out. And that they that does have an effect on teams. There's a reason why teams get mad when their bye week is like early in the season. There's a reason why why teams get mad when they have to travel like three times in a row or play play tough games after short weeks. And that that happens a lot. And I, I feel like the, the league could be better about balancing that. But it feels like this year, more so than even in the past, that was less of a concern. It was more about, like, getting the right games at the right spots. And without, like, any any care about keeping it equitable. And I, I thought the fact that they decided that they weren't going to force teams into having a primetime slot kind of spoke like kind of previewed that and then the schedule came out and it was it was it's one of the most unbalanced schedules I've ever seen there are teams that that have a lot to complain about like the Giants like the 49ers the Bills could complain a lot and then there are teams that got a lot like a lot of breaks there are teams that got a lot of rest uh the Browns are one of them surprisingly given everything they've been up to over the last two years but they've gotten they got a very favorable schedule so it's it's interesting to see how this is going to continue and if teams are going to start complaining about maybe balancing the schedule a little bit more instead of trying to maximize eyeballs and TV ratings. Now, the owners probably won't, but <laughs> coaching staffs, I think, might have a say in that. It is like you can feel the shift in some of 
the sort of allowances that they've started making that they didn't used to that do make the schedule feel more and more unbalanced because you're absolutely right. I mean, they changed the thing where you can, um, your teams are allowed to have multiple, um, Sunday to Thursday turnarounds. Um, there's the stuff with, uh, the Rams and 49ers facing a ton of teams coming off their bio weeks. They tried to, to get the rule through about, um, adding to the Thursday night flex ability late in the season. Um, and Roger hasn't been able to make that one happen yet, but it, it feels like if they're going this far, it's just going to be more and more um, unless teams do start really complaining, which maybe we will start to see them, them do that because I do like, it is going to matter and you can, you can see it in the schedule. I mean, clearly they really, both New York teams, they really, really wanted um, on TV a lot, especially early in the season, um, especially with Rogers on the jets, but like the giants have seven road games in the first 10 weeks. A lot of that seems like it's, it's designed to facilitate some of the matchups, some of the primetime games, um, the jets, I mean, they're going to get three straight home games in week 12. So they're going to get some nice, like late season pockets, but they're stretched to open the season. They have the bills on Monday night. Then they go to Dallas on a short week. And then they get the Patriots, which is sort of a rivalry, and then the Chiefs. Um, obviously, they're milking the Rodgers thing for all it's worth, and that's to be expected. And 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 of course, they're doing that. But you can just see the priority with this schedule was entertainment, and it was not health and safety. It was not competitive balance. It was not any of these things. It was like let's give people some games to watch. Which look, we're we're consumers. We watch it. I'd rather good games be on at good times than bad games be on at good times. But it will be very, very, very interesting to see if there are any places um, around the league that start being sort of vocal about some of these changes because it's it's noticeable. Uh, so earlier in the pod, you were complaining a little bit about the four o'clock slates throughout the complaining throughout the year. Me never. <laughs> but the week one slate of late games, late afternoon games, just perfect, perfect. Kudos to the schedule makers because it's the most toxic slate you could possibly have <laughs> on an opening week. Like the the late Sunday window is supposed to be, you're supposed to relax. You're supposed to, you know, like unwind after the one o'clock games. You just got through the witching hour. You just watch Red Zone and like a bunch of things happen. Uh, and then we, and then the four o'clock games, you kind of just relax. There's one good game on. Everyone's paying attention to it. Not in this week one. It's the most most toxic slate ever. <laughs> you have first of all Packers Bears, big rivalry. Then you have you throw on top of that Jordan Love's first start as like the full time starter going against Justin Fields. Right. Going to be a lot of discourse going on with however the, that game plays out. Then you have Philadelphia versus New England, two fan bases that have competed for Super Bowls that are notoriously, I don't even know what to say, confrontational? I, I don't know, but it's going to be a toxic <laughs> game there. And then... Boston versus the, Philly, like, that's that's toxic. That's chaotic. Yeah, As we're seeing with the Sixers and, and Celtics right now. And then the, the, the main event, Dolphins-Chargers, two at Herbert. The toxic Super Bowl, week that one, actually is. four o'clock start. That's insane. That's, the, and that's this isn't insane. It's, there should be congressional hearings about this. You can't put that on week one at four o'clock. I'm sorry. 
that has to be a Sunday night game where it's the only game everyone's tweeting about it. Ah, oh, it's gonna like, be a rough. It's a rough week one. Have you ever had to plan a like a seating chart anywhere? Like plan where people are gonna sit at something? Yeah, yeah, right. And like, there's always a little bit of an impulse to stir the pot. Like fundamentally, at the end of the day, it's like, all right, we should make it so that people have the right people to talk to and they'll be entertained and maybe, oh, these people might get along. These people have something in common. We'll do that. But there's there's just like this little thing of like, that could be, that could be dramatic in a sort of funny way. Like, what if we just did this? And that's what I like to imagine happened here. It was like, all right. We have it's this like nice if, if schedule. Sean- if Sean McVay was planning a planning a party with all of his former players, and he was he was making the seating <laughs> arrangements, and he was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit Baker Mayfield at the same table as Odell Beckham. That's basically what they did, and I love it. I love it for week one. It might be a little overwhelming. I don't think I'm gonna love it at like seven o'clock on Sunday when we were prepping for the Sunday night pod, and I'm like, oh my god, there are all these games I have to catch up on. But right now, perfect. Even Raiders Broncos is is in that 425 window in week one. That's just like, those are just toxic vibes. Right. All around. Russ versus the Raiders in general. Russ versus Josh McDaniels. And then you, you also have Seattle and in Los Angeles. The Rams and the Seahawks. Two fan right, bases which that like don't feels like each other. Like it and feels like it should be a mismatch and the Seahawks should win that. But like, who knows? It, that stuff gets weird very, very easily. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's going to be really funny. And then, oh no, Titan Saints is in the earlier window. Yeah, I'm honestly more interested in that slate than like all of the primetime games combined from week one. From week one? Detroit, yeah, like Lions Chiefs. I was kind of surprised the Lions got the the opening night game. I I think it's a little too much too soon for them. But I could see that being like a blowout for the Chiefs, especially at home coming off the Super Bowl. Giants, Giants. I was surprised by that too. Giants Cowboys is kind of interesting, but like we've seen it. I've seen that. I've that seems to be like the week one Sunday night game every year. And then Jets Bills is, a, I mean, the intrigue's there, but I don't know how good the football game's going to be. But yeah, that that four o'clock slate in week one is perfect. I'm really excited for Jets Bills. I just want like the Rogers thing is just fascinating. Just it's going to be funny no matter what right. happens. It's like going it's, to it's, be funny. I feel I'm not saying like Cowboys Giants for instance. That could be a good, that could be a really good football game, maybe. And if if that's the case, then like, cool, fun. I don't know if there's all that much, like, even though that is a traditional rivalry, I don't look at those two teams right now and go like, oh, all of these subplots. It's just sort of like, all right, they might be reasonably evenly matched and and maybe we'll get something good out of it. Bill's Jets, I'm, I'm sort of like, this could be a blowout either way. And probably something worth talking about will happen. So that one feels like you can hang your hat on on at least yeah. some form of entertainment coming out of it. Um, same thing with Dolphins Chargers, though. And like that could also be an incredible game, but just there's going to be stuff. There's going to be I, something somewhere. I appreciate the NFL nipping it in the bud, like the the Emmanuel Acho to a Herbert discourse that we had all <laughs> season long. We had to wait till like week 15 for it to get settled finally. But now week one, it's out of the way. Like some, something's going to happen. God forbid like Tua goes off and Herbert is terrible. Then we're just going to hear from Acho all season long. But that really is I, a I, gift. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah, week one is, is so the Ravens got a nice, nice gentle start. They've got the Texans. Vikings bucks. Oh, <laughs> 49ers, Steelers, Titans, Saints, 
Jags, Colts. Jags, Colts could be fun. Panthers, Falcons in the early window. That might be. What are you? Yeah, what are? What's good. the first? Is that the first one that you're turning your your channel to? During the end so. early window in in week one. Yeah, I think I, that that's my early leader in the clubhouse for the first game that I'm going to click into. You're you're not interested in Commanders, Cardinals. No, I'm not. I don't think anyone is. Let's just agree right now to never talk about that game. Let's just pretend that game does I, not exist. I think I can I can I can make that promise. I'm gonna actively try to avoid seeing who won the game. I don't even want to know. I do think that we should follow through on um the rule that I think you've been building that there should be certain games that you're allowed to just like strike from the record and they don't count. And I think that the the value of that has more to do with games involving teams that are important and that have stakes in some way, but like something okay. dumb happened and, and therefore it just shouldn't count. That said, blast it into the sun, man. <laughs> Game's canceled. Sorry. It's over. It's pre it's pre-canceled. We flexed um, it out of the season. It's actually an, it's actually a college football game. It's getting played on Saturday now. You know what? If we're just gonna like go go crazy with all the with like they can make the schedule anything and and it's fine, that would be great. I know that I know it's like Congress has the rule and you're not allowed to do that and it had to do with Friday and that was why the Black Friday thing was complicated and whatever. But they changed that and it was fine, so we should be able to do that. It would be great. It would be really fun. Maybe like no. um, Cliff would come back and make an appearance. He would hang out. He loves college. No, I'm not getting any traction on this. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, I, my idea is like, you remember during the pandemic, which it was out of necessity. It wasn't like a, a entertainment thing, but like having a game on like a Tuesday afternoon was kind of nice at times. And if you throw Cardinals commanders on at, you know, four o'clock on a Tuesday, I would watch it. There's nothing else to watch. It's it's sports during the day. That's always good. It's always watchable. Remember, watch those, remember the Tuesday games, games during during the pandemic? What a time. Yes. What a weird, what, unsettling time in our nation's history and our football watching history. Put Cardinals commanders on Tuesday at four o'clock as like a, a throwback to the pandemic. Look, there's not going to be anyone in the stands, so it's going to feel like a pandemic game. <laughs> Incredible. All right. Anything else? We don't need to. We don't need to belabor the schedule. No, I, I got nothing else. Oh, I did. I did have one note that I, I didn't get to about the Jets GeoGuessr video schedule release thing. A good bit would have been flashing a picture of Aaron Rodgers' little cave thing, the thing he went on the darkest retreat, and having the GeoGuessr guess where it was. That would have been a good bit, but the Jets don't know content. Or maybe they don't want to get into a fight with their notoriously sensitive and like combative quarterback over the schedule release. But I agree with you. I like it. I love... So I didn't know... I didn't know the GeoGuessr guy, but I love those TikToks. Like, I I get a lot of... Because I think there's, like, a few people. But when you see it on TikTok, you don't really see the person. Or, like, sometimes I guess their head is in the corner. But right, um, right. I, I didn't realize that someone had, like, cornered the market on that. So I was a big fan of that, too. It just, like, yeah. how does he do it? You know? How is it possible? I've gone down the rabbit hole and there's some insane, like he gets to some insane levels where it's like, I'm going to look at a picture for like 0.1 seconds. It's, it's 
been yeah. flipped backwards, upside down in black and white. And then he still gets it. He still gets it within like 100 miles of the plane. <laughs> I'm going to put on a blindfold and, and look at a, a picture for 10 seconds and I'm not even going to be able to see it. And then I'm going to be like, well, because of how the highway street signs look, we are in Namibia. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you get that skill set. but This is going to be incredible content for anyone listening to this podcast who isn't familiar with the GeoGuessr guy. <laughs> No, but look it up because it's, look it's up. like a like, fascinating truly, thing to watch. It is it is an amazing skill. Like it 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 makes me feel like those people, first of all, would be able to thrive like just out in the world just because of their skills of reasoning and deduction. It's just a really impressive thing to watch people do. It's way more impressive than anything like any explorer did back in the day. Like Lewis and Clark eat shit. How about you? How about you try to do this? incredible well and also like they i mean they didn't have tools but like most old explorers like never knew where they were and they were like ah i've 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 found this like did christopher columbus thought he found like india or something moron yeah he's he's a loser geoguesser guy's the only good explorer navigator whatever you want to call it all right this has been the ringer nfl show good 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 schedule release talk Anytime you can take a dig at Lewis and Clark during a schedule NFL schedule release pod, it's a good. You pod. know it's been a you know it's been a successful show. All right, thank you to Stephen, thank you to Stefan Anderson for production on this episode. We will be back in a couple of weeks. Actually, we're gonna have um, start building up to training camp. Believe it or not, because it is getting to be that time of year. However, we will be off um, for the next two weeks, taking a little taking a little May doldrums break here on the feed uh, but we'll be back uh, towards the end of the month thank you to Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramapal for additional production supervision and to you for listening 